What's up, everybody, and welcome to college football season. This is Stick to Football, Bleacher Report's college football and NFL draft podcast. I'm Matt Miller, joined for the first time from the new Stick to Football Joplin office, my boy Mello. It's nice in here. It's actually like pretty comfortable, and it's already homey. It is. Yeah. It's a good setup. I, we'll have to post some pictures. I posted one on Instagram today of our table, but you commandeered us some desk, and it looks nice. I did. I got it set up in here, and it, it sounds good, looks good. We're watching football, which is great for me. It's real football, too. It's not this preseason crap. There's a real game going on, even though it's starting to look like a blowout. And I love how we put the TV where you can actually watch it while yeah, we yeah, record. I, I can't. I'm telling you, I got a good turned. setup from right turn. here. The TV is facing me. In between me and the TV, there's a natty light, there's a microphone, and there's a laptop. Is this heaven? No, <laughs> yeah. it's stick to football. We got a great show for you guys tonight. A lot of news. Uh, and we've called this segment, uh, since stick to football started, around the league but we don't really cover the NFL as much anymore, so we need your guys' ideas. What should we rename this segment where we go around the country, I guess? and Maybe I just renamed it and, and talk about all the news. We're going to finish our college football top 25. Perfect timing. Uh, I'm going to pat myself on the back for the math I did to, to figure that out, that it's going to end this week right when college football starting. Uh, and then we are going to preview and pick games. And this is going to be a weekly segment from the two of us. I'm going to pick five games. You're going to pick five games. We're going to give you guys a good preview as much as we can without this being an eight-hour show uh, and give you our picks, and then we'll close it out with Draft on Draft, which is basically the Richard Royal show this week. It is. I I literally think he has like six of them in here (laughs) that are just his. But, you know, the dude submits good questions every week, and all of these were just they're very good this week, so we got all of them in here. I don't care who you are. As long as you get the good questions in there, right? we'll get you in. Yeah, unless you're Dan Barnes. All right, biggest news to start the week, uh, and there's a lot of big news, but I actually wanted to start with this. I wanted to start with one NFL note before we get into all this college football craziness. The Chiefs have decided to ruin tailgating. Have you seen this story? Yes, I did. I looked into and it. And we are big tailgaters, love to. The Chiefs have decided that when the game starts at kickoff, you either have to be in the stadium or go home. Yeah, well, it's ridiculous. Like, stop messing with tailgating. I think this is just like a it's a scare tactic. Like, oh, if you are in the parking lot, we're going to send you home. There are so many people that go specifically to Chiefs games just to tailgate. They don't have tickets yeah, for the game. That's very true. They are just there for the tailgate experience. So I don't and know. And there are people with direct TV, like on their campers, and they will sit in the parking lot and watch exactly. Sunday ticket. And they're still paying for the parking. So they're the paying their are, 30 bucks for parking or whatever. Yeah, they're getting some money off of this. So why? I really think that it's a scare tactic and it's not something that they will enforce. Well, we're going to find out December 9th at that Chiefs Ravens game. We definitely will. I think, I don't know. I was. I was pretty drunk the last time we tailgated, but I thought there were already people being like, you got to go into the game. I think there were, and I'm uh, my memory is also foggy. Yeah. Somebody, we maybe just know. followed a crowd. No. <laughs> I don't know. I thought there were people yelling like, it's time to go into the game. We got to go. Maybe remember. that was just another group like next to us that was like, oh, we have to make it into the game. And I thought like, oh, they're kicking us out. I don't remember the first. I remember Travis Kelsey catching a touchdown. Uh, I don't. I don't even know if he scored. Actually, that was a I good thought day. I remembered like a Marshawn trucking, Run. but I don't know. It gets hazy. It really does. All, All right, now. let's get to some of this college football news. A uh, lot of starting quarterbacks named within the last week, and some of this that yeah they were named earlier in the week, but we wanted to talk about it specifically on the Friday show because this is your college football home. Uh, let's start with Clemson. Uh, I think in a surprise that they named Kelly Bryant the starter. And I don't think it is a surprise, actually, though. I think it was kind of like a no-duh moment that Kelly Bryant, he didn't do anything to lose his job next year. So I think he is. He's the incumbent. You can, it's hard to replace that guy. Yeah. I like Trevor Lawrence a lot, and I I would bet that he starts some games before the year's over. But right now, going into the season, I was not shocked to see Kelly Bryant wins this job. I was actually more shocked that they made an announcement. Yeah, and I think with with Trevor Lawrence, like you said, I mean, this dude was the dude who was the hot recruit. I mean, you know, I think was was he the number one quarterback in that class? And everyone's been saying this guy's the future. This guy's it. Uh, maybe it's not quite there. And and week one's Furman, so yeah, I think we're going to see Trevor Lawrence at some point. Yeah, in, in the this first game, quarter, probably, and he's going to get his reps, and then maybe you can go from there. Week two's Texas A and M. I think A and M's decent, but they're not going to scare anyone. Week three's Georgia Southern. 
Week four, Georgia Tech. Week five, God, their schedule's easy. Week five, Syracuse. Week six, Wake <laughs> yeah. Forest. So it doesn't matter who's playing quarterback. You guys are winning the ACC. Exactly. So My I, God, that's a real schedule. I know. And with that defense, they're, you have to score right. 13 points, and you're going to win the game. I mean, they play NC State October 20th, and I would say that's their first tough game. I would, yeah, I would agree And then Florida you. State. Man, if they don't go undefeated in the regular season, that's a letdown. It's then a they're big letdown. A very good team anyway. Right. But I do think that Trevor Lawrence, he's going to get some snaps early on this weekend, and he will definitely start at some point this year. Maybe not win the job, but I think he'll he'll get the start. If he doesn't mess it up, maybe he'll keep going there. I I hate this kid for one reason, and it's very irrational. It's his hair. Oh yeah. I, I hate looking at his hair. Yeah. I don't know. It just looks straightened and goofy and I don't like it. I thought maybe he got it cut, you know, like oh I'm a college quarterback. I gotta be serious about life. It rubs me the wrong but, way. No. But whatever. If you can throw the ball, you can run some spread option. It's that defense pretty hair. Do like I know some girls who would be jealous of that mop. It is like it's it's taken care of. Yeah. On a healthy. daily basis. And it's probably just that I'm jealous because, you know, age is hitting me. Age is creeping up. Another starting he probably uses that for him. Probably does. I don't even know if they're a sponsor anymore. Uh, another starting quarterback named, this one not a surprise, DeAndre Francois at FSU, a team Clemson's going to see. Uh, and that's a team that uh, they have a lot coming back. Cam Akers in the backfield. They got Connors Boyle, Monta Taylor at corner. And it's a pretty good Florida State team. I think they're ranked number 19 right now. And... Last year, before Francois got hurt, I believe they were ranked number four when they went up against Alabama in the opener and got smacked in the mouth. Yeah, him, like Sma- literally. Yeah, I like Francois quite a bit, and I'm, I think, higher on the Florida State team than uh, some other people. I don't know what Connor's take was. I know you and TR were pretty low on Florida State, pretty but I, low. I think they return a lot, and they need that veteran leadership with their new coach. Yeah. You get Willie Taggart coming in. He did a great job with Justin Herbert last year. So he could do similar things, I think, this year with Francois, who's a very good athlete. He's got a very talented arm. He can do some things in the ACC. Yeah, and Willie Haggard might be the best recruiter in the country right now. I mean, he is he is hot at Florida State. Well, yeah, now he gets to do it in the state of Florida and not Oregon. Yeah, well, it's a little different. <laughs> a little bit. A little different. Uh, USC, another team ripe with recruits. True freshman JT Daniels getting the start there. I'm shocked they don't have someone who is like offered at 14 years old to be the quarterback. I know it's David Stills. He's a receiver now in West Virginia. But a uh, little surprised that it's true freshman JT Daniels. That surprised me a lot, too. They had some guys that were heavily recruited with Sears and Fink. I thought just one of them would we take t- over. We talked about them not that long ago. Exactly. And it, I mean, it's USC, but they're starting the true freshman JT Daniels. I don't know much about him so far, except for that he's very highly recruited out right. of California. He's going to USC, so I don't know much about him, but I feel like he's every other USC quarterback that we've ever I seen. Mean, he's only 18 years old. He's one of those dudes that reclassified is what I'm reading here. He was a five-star recruit and was the number one overall recruit in his class, according to rivals. So, uh, yeah, he is eight, he's barely, he's 18 and a half. He's a baby. He was born in the year 2000. How old does that make you feel? Yeah, that's not good. Uh, I wasn't even born in the 90s. mm -mm. And then you got kids out here that are going to be famous five-star recruits born in the year 2000. I love, though, that they're not the only school. We talked about Minnesota. that They're letting these true freshmen come in and have a chance to play. Like These guys are so well-coached in high school now. They're going to these Elite 11 camps, the opening. They're getting full-time quarterback coaching, and I think it gives them a leg up because they can come in. And compete right away, whereas before it used to be, there's no way you're ready. You know, you, Vince Young didn't even start as a true freshman at right, Texas. He was, yeah. He was a red shirt. And he was one of the most gifted college players I've ever seen. So maybe some of that points to poor coaching decisions. But, uh, like, J.D. Daniels, I want to see what he can do. I mean, he has size. And so these guys, like, start to hit my radars. If you're good enough to start at USC as a true freshman, you got to be pretty damn good. Yeah, I mean, you've got some talent. So I mean, we got to start looking at you as a, not yet, obviously, but eventually you're going to be a pro prospect. So um, uh, one more starting quarterback. And this one, I'm so excited to see Nebraska's offense with Scott Frost there as head coach. Adrian Martinez comes in, wins that job. Uh, and I think this was a no-brainer that we saw coming way back in the spring. Like, as soon as this guy signed, yep. you almost knew, like, okay, Scott Frost went out and got his guy. He's a dual-threat guy who can do it all, kind of like what we're watching freaking Mackenzie Melton do. 
with this UCF offense. I think he's going to run similar to that. He's got a little better size than old McKenzie Melton, who is probably the smallest yeah. quarterback in the nation right now. But I like what I've seen and heard from Adrian Martinez so far. Yeah, 6'2", 205 kid out of uh, Fresno, California. Uh, he it is exactly, I think, what you want from Scott Frost offense. Like, right, got to be a dual threat guy. Um, and I, I'm i excited to see, and McKenzie Melton made a great throw tonight to, to get uh, points on the board for UCF, but I, I think someone who's a little bit more of a pure passer, it, how are they going to open that offense up? And it's like year one, we're not going to see the full offense there probably. You know, it's going to be a bit of a transition, but Especially getting a freshman with a, quarterback. With a true freshman quarterback, they're, right. they're going to take it easy, I would assume, unless he's you know picking things up super fast. That he's going to have a tough schedule with that Nebraska team. It's not easy. I mean, you got to play Wisconsin. I, I think they also play Penn State yeah. this year. So having a true freshman quarterback, you might as well get him in there and get the licks on him this year, just like they did with McKenzie Melton. Start him as a freshman, play him, and then that sophomore year, this dude blows up and is something special. Talking about a Heisman candidate, there's a favorite right there, McKenzie right. Melton. Oh, with, without a doubt, he has to be on the list. Uh, last bit of news, uh, a guy that there's a lot of expectations for with Shea Patterson now, quarterback at Michigan, Tariq Black, broken foot. Uh, last thing I heard was maybe he was going to have to have surgery. Uh, they're not sure yet, but he's going to be out for some time. And it, uh, a lot of the pressure at Michigan is going to go now to, well, to Shea Patterson, uh, but also to the tight end group. Yeah, I mean, Nico Jones, Collins, their other receiver. People Jones, yeah, they. you've talked before about how loaded they are at wide receiver in that depth chart. We're gonna have to see some of those freshmen right away, man. And I, I loved both of these guys, Black and Peoples Jones, what they could do and how early they got on the field. They both started like week one for Michigan. They look like just uber athletes, good length. And then Black, just the dude can't catch a break. He broke, I believe, his right foot last year, yeah. and then his left foot this year. It's not even the same foot; it's a different foot. So he's got to go through that whole process again, where he missed so many games last year. He got the medical red shirt. And now it's taken another step back. You feel bad for the guy that really takes a hit on you just mentally. Like you're trying to do everything that you can to get on the field and you've earned a spot at Michigan and you just can't get it because of a foot injury. Yeah. And, and like I said, the tight ends are going to be big, but Zach Gentry and Sean McCann are probably two of the best tight ends in the big 10. So, yeah, literally big. Yeah. It's like six, seven, very big. big. Yeah. So that's definitely going to help. Uh, they, they look like guys who are going to play on Sundays uh, once it's their time. And that's a, a pretty good offensive line. They're going to be able to run the ball, of course. But yeah, I was excited for Tariq Black, what we were going to see this year. But Peoples Jones is going to have to carry the torch for sure. And um, I had in my notes for the show, Nico Collins is a sophomore that they really like. So we, we might end up seeing a lot more of him too. All right, it is college football kickoff weekend, and that means we're going to finish our top 25 countdown. And we made our list independent of each other. I sat down with the legal pad when we started doing this five weeks ago, and I mapped out my top 25. Yeah, and I did a Google Doc completely separate from so you. I didn't see your teams. You didn't see my teams. And yet, here we are. Yeah. Four out of the five of our teams are exactly the same. And I'm going to look. I believe that we're different on teams number four. Yes. And I think yeah, we you, had them at number six last week. So our top six teams are the same six teams with two of them switched. <laughs> so we've got to be right. Like, great be. minds think alike. Or so I think we've nailed it. Just dumb. <laughs> I, and I think it was pretty easy looking at these top five teams, especially when we made the list because some other events have happened since. But when you look at it, when we did it a couple weeks ago, it just it was easy for me. Yeah, it was for me, too. I remember doing the top five like. Driving down the road, I'm just thinking about it of like, oh, yeah, like this, these should be the top five teams. Right. So. It didn't get difficult until right. like team seven. But if we jump into it right now, we both have at number five, the Ohio State Buckeyes. So obviously there's they've been in the news. They've got a lot going on. But when we made our list, they also had a lot of returning guys on that defense. A lot of good things. I mean, their two running backs might be the two best running back like combo yeah. in the whole nation. So they have a lot going on for them. Plus, we've heard a lot about their new quarterback, yeah. Haskins. Dwayne Haskins, heard a lot about him. I think it all starts with Nick Bosa and what that defensive line can be because it's Nick Bosa and Draymond Jones and Chase Young. That's three first-round prospects on the defensive line with Nick Bosa being, I mean, a sure-fire top-five pick. Oh, uh, oh I mean, easily. I want to say top-two, but someone might fuck it up and draft a quarterback or something in there. Um 
Well, you talk about their defensive line, but also they've got guys like Sheffield, Arnett, and this freshman, Akuda, who yes. is very highly regarded. He'll probably play in the slot this year, or Arnett will kick in, but those three guys are going to be very talented. You know they're going to lock up, and man, plus they have Fuller over the top. They're setting themselves up. They, right. they are DBU. They just up. reload. In the, and Kendall Sheffield is probably the fastest player in college football, and he was shaky at times last year. I think you can go back and watch week one at Indiana. This is a kid who transferred from Alabama, so he had a little bit of a learning curve. But by the end of the year, he was lights out good, and he is blazing fast. So they're going to be, surprise, surprise, great in the secondary. I think the biggest question is the offense. But we're going to see, I mean, Isaiah Prince, their right tackle is a stud. Uh, their center, Michael Jordan's a stud. And uh, what we've seen at, like you said, running back, you have J.K. Dobbins and Mike Weber, who are both studs too. So yeah. same old, same old, as long as they can avoid the distraction of what has happened in the last month. I agree with you. And you even talk about Haskins, who is kind of the question mark, but he even got some time and came in against Michigan. And I know we're not evaluating him for the draft based off what he's done with his like 16 attempts. Yeah. But he looked very good. The hype. And all you have to do is read the freaking edge. They do that all day. Spread, option, yeah. all day with those two running backs. If it's not there, do an RPO, throw the ball out to Paris Campbell. You've got weapons all over the field if you're Ohio State. The coaching thing is the only thing that's really holding them back. And they're going to miss Urban Meyer for games. Oregon State, probably not a big deal. Rutgers, probably not a big deal. But then they have to travel to Arlington to play TCU. Yeah, That's a tough game. And if you want to keep going on their schedule, oh, yeah, they also have to travel to Penn State and to Michigan State. And I haven't even mentioned the fact that they have to play Michigan this right. year, too, who also looks loaded. Yeah, And like the thing with Ohio State is it, this could either galvanize them as a team and they become this us-against-the-world thing, or they could fall apart. And I think I'm excited to see what Ryan Day, the interim head coach, does. He's the guy that had offensive coordinator offers from the NFL. They have Greg Shiano there. Like, this is a very good coaching staff. But, it, it, I mean, this is a massive distraction that we're going to find out real quick against. And they play at home against Oregon State, which, like you said, it's not the toughest test in the world, but it's a Power 5 team, so you, you can't sleep on them. So Ohio State at number 5. Number 4 is where we're different. And I think we picked two of our favorite teams in college football at number 4. I went with the Washington Huskies. Uh, I love what they have, uh, especially on defense with Taylor Rapp. It's just my guy. Uh, Byron Murphy at corner. Exactly. Love him as well. They have pass rushers. Uh, th I think offensively, I mean, they're they're just they're not going to blow you away with you know pro prospects at the skill positions. But the offensive line is great because they have Trey Adams and they have Caleb McGarry. So their offensive line is going to be really good too. Their their whole offense is going to be really good. I know they're not pro prospect guys, right? But they've been there for four years now. All of them working together with Chris Peterson who might be one of the best coaches in the whole country, what he's doing there, they're going to be very solid. So I like your pick at four. Like you said, I had them at six, and they're going yeah. to run over the pack. And I North. should say, like, Miles Gaskin is a very good quarterback, and, or, or excuse me, running back, and he's a very good kick returner. Like, they they have talent. It's just these are not guys that, like, Jake Browning. I don't think J Jake Browning's an NFL quarterback. I don't know that Miles Gaskin is necessarily an NFL running back. But uh, these guys, they're going to be all conference, and they might yeah. be all Americans. Gaskins is going to put up like 1,200 yards yeah. on the ground. And like you said, he'll also return some kicks, and he's good out of the backfield as a pass catcher. Yeah. So we'll see what they can do. I like your pick there at number four. But I'm going with my like favorite team outside of Texas this year is the Wisconsin Badgers. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> I absolutely love what they've set themselves up to do this season, bringing back four guys, four starters on the offensive line, and I think all four of those guys will be day one, day two picks. They're going to be probably the two best guards in the country, one of the best centers in the country, and, and one of the best tackles. David Edwards is a stud. I mean, he's a first-rounder at, at right tackle. I agree, and I think some of their interior guys will maybe not get first-round looks, but that's only because they play interior offensive line. And we are seeing some love in the draft with interior guys, but yeah. it's, it's just hard to be a first-round pick. But well, this. This is a great offensive line. Yes. One of the best I've ever seen. I'm sorry, sorry, I don't want to interrupt. I'm just going to jump in on this. The TJ Edwards, their inside linebacker, probably a first rounder. Dakota Dixon, uh, their strong safety, probably a top 100 pick as well. So, And, and they're going to have on defense, I mean, it's like senior after senior after senior. 
But then they have a couple of redshirt freshmen on the defensive line who I, I know they're very excited about. So there's a great mix uh, in the secondary and the D line of experience and youth. So they're going to be a tough, tough out, man. Right. Uh, next week, I think we're going to do our first Heisman lists. Jonathan Taylor's going to be pretty damn high on that list. Oh, he would definitely be number one for me. Yeah. I love watching what this kid can do. You look ahead to their schedule, like I've been doing. They have to go to Iowa. They have to go Michigan and Penn State. The game that I'm going to highlight is one that we should watch for is the Purdue game because they're coming off the Penn State game. If they lose that game or they win that game easily, Purdue's solid. Like We're going to get a look at them tonight playing on Thursday night too. They had a good year last year. That could be a trap game for Wisconsin. If they come in rolling hot off of a Penn State win, they might get beat at Purdue. Yeah, Purdue. Purdue's not the old Purdue either. I mean, that Jeff Brown, the head coach, right? They're they're going to be able to do some things. It's closer to what we saw with Drew Brees than what we saw with you know everyone else. Kyle Etling when he was there. <laughs> oh, those are memories. Uh, number three, same team for both of us, the Georgia Bulldogs, and they lost a lot. You lose Isaiah Wynn, you lose Nick Chubb, you lose Sonny Michelle, lose Roquan Smith, you lose Trenton Thompson. Uh, it's okay. They're still really good. Lorenzo Carter, they're, they're going to be fine. Riley Ridley is very, very good at wide receiver. Yep. They're going to be great there. The offensive line, I, I think they're going to be able to plug in guys like Andrew Thomas at left tackle. Uh, and at running back, I actually think they got better because DeAndre Swift, the sophomore running back, number seven, is a freaking stud. Oh, and Jake Fromm is still a starting quarterback. And they bring in the number one recruiting class this year with another stud running back, Zamir White, who's probably going to be like running back two or running back three in week one, and then he's going to start to even steal carries from Swift. It's almost like what we've seen at Alabama. Like They just replace the running back every year with somebody who's probably even better each time. Yeah, And, and Jake motherfucking Fromm. Yeah, right. like, I don't know that people understand how excited the NFL is for Jake Fromm. I was talking to a guy who will be a GM within the next three years. I would... I would put $1,000 on it. He will be, and I, I'm not going to say his name, but I asked him, I was like, so what if you uh, what if you got a job at, you know, somewhere, the Dolphins, as an example. And I was like, would you, which quarter, you draft Jared Stidham, Justin Herbert? He's like, no, I'd get Nick Bosa, and next year I'd draft Jake Fromm. And that's exactly. like, that's what everyone wants to do, is they're waiting for Jake Fromm. I mean, it's he's up there with like Andrew Luck in terms of how excited people are for him to finally be draft eligible. Yeah, and he's so he's such a clean prospect, like all the way through from what we saw last year, to even being a great leader on and off the field. He looks like a very good, high character guy, and he can rally the troops. He's clutch in the fourth quarter. He makes all the throws. He's a huge quarterback for a true freshman. So he's gonna I think his body is gonna develop and he might weigh the same, but he's going to get stronger. He's going to be more athletic and do some special things in that offense with uh, their head coach, Kirby Smart. Yeah, and like you've done before, the schedule for a lot of these teams, it's not easy. And with Georgia, I mean, you're, you're playing in the SEC East, so it's not as bad. But South Carolina, week two, is a tricky team. I, I think Jake Bentley and Debo Samuel, uh, that offense is going to put up points. I'm not super worried about like Mizzou or Tennessee, but LSU-Georgia, again, we will be out October 13th. It's going to be tough. And at the, LSU. At LSU. The week after that, Florida goes to Georgia. Uh, and then Auburn at Georgia uh, a little bit later in the season. So it it is the, – the schedule's tough. There's no way around it. Yeah, I mean, you're playing in the SEC, so it's always going to be tough. But at least they don't have to play a team like Alabama. They don't have to play Mississippi State. I would say Auburn is their toughest opponent this year, and they get to play them at home. Yeah. At LSU might be a very difficult game. You just, never know. You, it's hard to play in Baton Rouge. And if that game is at night, it's going to be even tougher. Yeah, so they haven't set yet uh, what it was, so it's uh, it's going to be crazy. Another place that I think is one of the hardest to plan in college football, Death Valley, Clemson. We both have them at number two. And like we talked about with Kelly Bryant at the top of the show, they're bringing a lot back on offense. Mitch Hyatt at left tackle is going to be an All-American. And they just reload. I mean, this is what they do. They're going to have a great receiver. It's it's how they do this year in and year out, just turning it over. On defense, though, I mean, that's what makes this whole thing tick. It's special. Yeah, it's very special on defense. Cleveland Farrell, Dexter Lawrence, Christian Wilkins, Austin Bryant. I, there's no other way to put it. Like These guys are incredibly special, and they work very well together. 
Also, Kendall Joseph is back at linebacker. I think a lot of people forget this guy came back to school. Uh, he's going to be an impact player at weak side linebacker. I mean, we always talk about that defensive line, but I think what goes unmentioned a lot of times is the fact that they're bringing back eight starters on defense. They only lost Dorian O'Daniel and Van Smith. Those are their yeah. key losses on defense. <laughs> like, okay, we can replace that. It's going to be all right. And obviously, they're going to have a good receiver, Hunter Renfro, playing in the slot. The dude looks legit. And they also have um, another young receiver, T. Higgins. I was going to say. Who looks like young Mike Williams. He's the dude. Like, when you talk to coaches there about, hey, who's coming up? Who's coming up? Uh, T. Higgins. 6'4", 210-pound sophomore. He's he's coming up. He's that guy that's going to keep the from, you know, Sammy to Nuke to Martavis Bryant, I guess, to Mike Williams. <laughs> For a couple of years, T. Higgins is the guy that they're really excited about. Hunter Renfro is still, I mean, going to catch sixty balls over the middle, most of them on the ground. Oh uh, yeah, I can't wait to watch that dude play. He's still going to, he's still going to get his. Uh, so Clemson is very, very good. And again, in the ACC East, the schedule is not that tough. Boston College is a a, a tough defense. You're going to have to probably get into a little bit of a fist fight with. But we were at the game in Louisville last year where Clemson came to town, and we were like, oh, are they going to be able to stop Lamar Jackson? This is a really good Clemson team. Jair Alexander might be able to slow things down. Jair didn't play, and Clemson rolled Louisville. So it's just really not a team that it seems like they just play up to their competition incredibly well. Yeah, and their toughest game this year is probably going to be at Florida State, which I don't think is going to be a tough game for them. Like we mentioned earlier, they should go undefeated in the regular season, like almost easily. Uh, yeah, like it would be a disappointment to me. I don't if think they any didn't. of these any of these teams are a real like worthy opponent of Clemson right now. I think BC could surprise them, but if we keep talking about them, I don't think it's going to be a surprise <laughs> right. I know, because it's every show we talk about BC, <laughs> what they can do with that offensive line and their big ass running back. Yeah, and. Zach Allen and Lucas Dennis on defense are pretty fucking good, too. Uh, the number one team in the country, it's Alabama. Yeah, no, it's still, Dill. It's Dill. Alabama. Uh, I, I think the biggest question is who's going to win more games at quarterback, Tua or Jalen Hurts? Are we going to even see Jalen Hurts? I love that. I kind of like that Nick Saban's just keeping it quiet. You know, like, I don't have to tell you who my starting quarterback is, so I'm not going to. I mean, that's the way that I would do it leading up to the week, like Texas did last year. You didn't know who was starting until like they ran out onto the field. Right. So I think this one's pretty obvious. It's Tua. Or <laughs> Yeah. yeah. It's, it's going to. I had to say his last name, by the way, this week for a video we did. I don't even know it. It was like Tungalavoa. Oh, nice. Oh, well, there we go. You can't say Palomalu, but, but I can, can say, say Tungalova. <laughs> uh, I had to like listen to YouTube. There's a YouTube video of uh-huh. him being like, this is how you say my last name. Oh, thank I, God. I will never call him by his full name. He's Tua. just going to be Tua. He's like Prince. He doesn't need a last name. You no, know? Not after that performance in the national championship. Game. Right. I do think, man, they're going to blow up this year. They're so good up front. Jonah Williams is a beast at left tackle. They got running backs for days with Damian and Najee Harris. Uh, the defense is great. Uh, Anthony Jennings is one of my favorite players in the class. You got Mac Wilson, Raquan Davis. They're going to have beast in the secondary because it's Alabama. They, they they look to me like a team, and I have their schedule pulled up right now, and it's like they should win every game by 20 points maybe until Mississippi State. Oh, yeah. Mississippi State and Auburn have to go to Tuscaloosa, though. Right. Their hardest road game, you have Ole Miss, Arkansas, Tennessee, LSU. And this is a game we're going to pick, so I don't want to give away what we're doing here. But I mean, they play Louisville week one, and they're favored by like an ungodly 24 amount. and a half. Yeah, I, I noticed that too. Against Louisville. So if you like, look at this Alabama team, though, it's always like, okay, their defense is going to be lights out. They'll probably beat you like 24 to 13. Their offense is scarier this year than their defense. Yes, it is. I know they've, they always have D line prospects, they've got athletic linebackers that are big. DBs, obviously, but this offense is scary. Like they return four offensive linemen. Yeah. They return a stable of running backs. Like who knows who's going to come out of that one with running back one? Two experienced quarterbacks that have won SEC championships and national championships. That's unreal. It's kind of like when Ohio State had like Cardell and JT Barrett and Braxton Miller, and you were like, who's going to play quarterback? But these guys are better. And I do want to say, we talk a lot about Clemson being the best D-line in the the country this year. Wisconsin has the best O-line. 
Alabama has the best linebackers by far. And I know these guys have been banged up, but Christian Miller, Anthony Jennings, Mack Wilson, and Dylan Moses. Holy shit, that is a lineup of linebackers. I don't know if you've remembered Dylan Moses, but this was the same dude that in eighth grade, they stood him next to Leonard Fournette. It was like one of these guys is the top recruit in the nation. I got to look it up. The other one is an eighth grader. And Dylan Moses made Leonard Fournette look like a child. You would have guessed that Fournette was the eighth grader. I'm looking at it right now. This is crazy. He was the guy that he was a star running back, and everybody talked about he was going to be the next guy. And he was like, no, actually, I really like to play linebacker. I'm like 6'2", 6'3". I'm going to have a future here. He, He looked great last year. He's wearing an LSU shirt in the picture. That's what's right. crazy. I, he's a Louisiana guy, but I mean, it's Alabama. You go to Alabama. So Dylan Moses or Devin White, who's the dude you think who's better? I think Dylan Moses is more of a thumper. Devin White's more of an athlete. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't know. I would probably go with Dylan Moses. Dylan Moses. But he's only, he's only a true sophomore, so we get right. to see him for another year. That's one of my favorite things is we used to always say, oh, we don't watch this guy because he's a freshman or a true sophomore. Uh, now we get to watch him because we're doing college football year-round. Oh, yeah. You don't have to ignore it. You can just watch the tape every week. All right. For the first time in a long time, long time, we're going to introduce a new segment on Stick Football Fridays. And we are going to pick, like I said, five games each. I'm going to pick five. You're going to pick five. They, they can't be the same game. And we're going to give you our picks and predictions for the week. And I'm pretty excited because uh, you got a lot of good games on your list and I got the others. <laughs> I I mean, you got two of the like marquee games this weekend. Yeah. So I think you've got some pretty damn good games too. But we definitely have 10 games that we're going to give to you because it's opening weekend. Like, Get excited for this shit because I am. How early are you going to wake up Saturday? Whenever game day starts, I think like, nine. I think it's eight. Is it eight? Oh, so I'll be need, up at like seven thirty. I need to adjust what time I told my girlfriend you would be at the house. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. I might get excited and show up at like six. <laughs> Let's go get some Waffle House. <laughs> and then we're gonna watch game. with a case of beer. That actually sounds really nice. That'll be my breakfast. That would be actually like if anyone's looking for a way to celebrate college football, that's the way to do it. Like you go to Waffle House, you get scrambled eggs, some country style hash browns. The hash browns at Waffle House are like the most underrated menu item ever. They just soak up all the booze. They do. It's like a sponge. They they know how to cook them. You know, like when kids puke at school, you do because you're a teacher. And they throw that oatmeal looking shit down on the ground. That's what those hash browns are. They get in your stomach and they just soak everything up. Yeah, They're like McDonald's fries. They're probably not even really potatoes. I don't know what the deal is. I don't know if they are. They're good. Now I'm going to Waffle House. It's going to be great. Uh, All right, let's pick some games. Uh, First up for me, Oregon State at Ohio State. I picked, I wanted this one on here, and we're we're not gamblers. We may get into it a little bit now that it's legal, but uh, we would have gotten into it more if it wasn't. But uh, I, I had to put this on here because the line, Ohio State is favored by 39 points. Yeah, that's crazy. That's a lot of That's points. like old school, like Miami Hurricanes beating people 70 to 6. Exactly. 39 points. So I'm not a gambling expert, but I think I would throw a little bit of money on Oregon State to cover that spread. I agree with you, too. Like, I obviously, Ohio State's going to win that game. But are they going to win it by 39 points? I don't know about that. They've got so much shit going on, and like we talked about earlier, new quarterback trying to gel together with this new team. I don't know if it's by 39, but I do think they win easy. It might be 30. I don't know if it's going to be 40. 39 points is just so much. So, yes, Ohio State wins. Oregon State, there's nothing to write home about. There's nothing. It's in Columbus. Right. When you look at Oregon State, there's not even anything that Oregon State's family members and friends could say, oh, man, maybe. We got this guy, and maybe he's going to be the one that'll get us there. Yeah, like coaches in college football are very important, but at the same time, you're lining up five-star guys, like three deep, against a team that's going to have three-star guys. Yeah, and listen, I love Jonathan Smith. Uh, I think what he did at Washington as the quarterback's coach uh, is – he has a chance to be a very good head coach, but this is his first time as a head coach, and your first game is at Ohio State – like you said, you're not going to win. I mean, Jim Harbaugh can't even do it. He right. can't win in Columbus, <laughs> right. so good yeah. luck doing it with the right. Beavers. You're not going to win, but you're not going to lose by 39. I feel very good about that. So I, I would agree with you. Easy pick of the week. I'm excited to see Dwayne Haskins, though, uh, to see if the hype is definitely real or not. Exactly. In my first game of the week, I'm going with Western Kentucky against 
Wisconsin. This is another game that I think Wisconsin just wins easily. They're going to run all over Western Kentucky, but I also noticed the line in this one. They're favored by 35 and a half. Oh, my Lord. I'm going to take Western Kentucky because Wisconsin doesn't blow people out like that. They're going to run the ball. They're going to control the clock. And I don't. I think Western, Western Kentucky can put up some points. They will air it out with their new quarterback. I know they lost Mike White, but I also don't think that in week one, Wisconsin's going to come out and just <laughs> run up the Madison. clock. Yes, it's going to be bad. But I also think Wisconsin will have like second stringers in during the second half. Yeah. I mean, you're going to get Jonathan Taylor, his two to 250 and a couple touchdowns, and then he's out of there. Then Exactly. Yeah. So I'm with you. I don't see any way that the, the, we started this off with like the two easiest games in the world to pick, right? And then I think it does get harder from here. Uh, next up for me, I have Tennessee at West Virginia. I like West Virginia a lot this year. I love Will Greer and David Sills. Tennessee is always one of those teams, though, that, like, I mean, they're Tennessee. Like, this is a Power 5 SEC team that has tradition. Like, I know they're 20 years away from a national championship that they won with T. Martin, but Tennessee football still means something, and I don't think West Virginia can sleep on these guys. I am going to pick West Virginia. Uh, I think you would be foolish not to, but I do want to see what Jeremy Pruitt can get done there. I could see them being better than expected. Uh, I agree with you. I think they're kind of flying under the radar, and they could be better than expected. I don't think that is beat West Virginia good. (laughs) Right. They are very talented on that offense, and they're going to do things. It's at West Virginia as well. They have to travel there, so that's going to be tough for them. Yeah, it is. And that is a very tough place to play. Um, They're going to be setting couches on fire. Yeah, yeah. Playing John Denver. Exactly. All right, my number four game of the week, like you said, we're getting better. So Monday night, we have Virginia Tech going to Florida State. I love that the ACC will schedule these games week one. Like, make this game super important. We're not scheduling a team like Western Kentucky. I'm going... This is a tough one. I keep going back I don't even know who you're going to pick. Like, right now, I even keep going back on it. I'm going to pick Florida State. Oh, just I, they have so much returning on that team. If it were in Blacksburg, I would pick Virginia Tech, but it's not. It's at Florida State, so I'm going to go with the Seminoles. I think they get it done enough. I think it's going to be a very close game. I think the point spread is like a seven and a half. Wow. I, I think it's going to be a very close game, but Florida State wins. So I actually uh, I wanted to comment on this game because I looked this up today. Uh, it's like the weird things that like go into college football betting and everything. It's supposed to rain in Tallahassee like all weekend. I think that favors Florida State with Cam Akers too, with and those Patrick. I think it. I actually think they they would be favored in that situation. So weird things go into to picking college football. But and I'm not a Florida State believer at all. But I'm with you. I I, I definitely think they, they have a chance to get this one done. Uh, next up for me, Louisville at Alabama. Come on, guys. <laughs> you know, this, yeah, you we know. talked about this. Part. Alabama's going to win. Alabama's favored by 24 and a half. They're going to win. Maybe not by that, but uh, I, I'm excited to see. I think we'll see both quarterbacks. We're going to see oh, yeah. both Harris boys at running back. We might I, see three quarterbacks. I just hope Alabama stays healthy in this game is all I want to see. Especially at linebacker. That's what they struggled with last yeah. year, keeping all those guys healthy. So I, I think you're right. This is going to be an easy one for the Crimson Tide. Next game for me. Miami, and it says at LSU, but really this is a neutral site game. They're going to be playing it in Dallas. So it's not Baton Rouge, which I think makes a huge difference. So I'm going with, obviously, the favorite Miami. These two defenses are going to do so much. I'm expecting like a 13-10 to 10 win. Not anything like in the 20s or 30s. Breaking in a new quarterback. We talked about Jared Stidham last year and how he struggled as a transfer guy. That's what LSU has with Joe Burrow, but they don't have an offensive mastermind like Auburn does. So he's going to struggle early. I don't care how good he is. He's going to struggle early, especially against the Miami defense. They, they're the turnover chain. They have all kinds of talent coming back. LSU is going to struggle. Yeah, and so you're picking Miami. I assume. I'm picking, picking Miami. Miami. Miami has a corner named Michael Jackson. Come on. Exactly. You got to pick them. And a tight end named Michael Irvin. Yeah. Like they're they're all set. Right. They're good. They're good. They're straight out of the eighties with their Jerry Curl. And their their quarterback's probably gonna struggle. They might even go to their backup guy, yeah. Perry, but they still have good running backs. They've got talent outside. 
and the defense is nasty. Yeah, it definitely is. I would also pick Miami in that game. I think LSU just they lost a lot last year, and they just they, they don't have a proven running inspiring. back. Yeah, they, they don't have a really proven not. receivers. Yeah. So number two on my list, this is where things get a little more difficult. We have Michigan at Notre Dame, and I think that at Notre Dame matters a lot because South Bend is a tough place to play. It really is. The line on this game is a push. It's it's a pick'em. I don't think Notre Dame stands a fucking chance against Michigan. I don't either. That Michigan defense returned nine starters. They they have so much talent across the board. Corners, safeties, linebackers, pass rushers. Rashawn Gary is probably one of the three best players in college football, period. And Notre Dame has a quarterback who can't throw the ball. They're yes. replacing two starters on the offensive line. Oh, and they lost their offensive line coach to the NFL. It's not just plug and play anymore. I think Notre Dame is a little overrated because they're Notre Dame. And I think people are forgetting that Brian Kelly's not a good coach. And last year, this was a senior heavy team that won some ball games. They, I don't, I'm not convinced at all that Notre Dame is actually a good football team. I think we're going to see that on Saturday. I'm taking Michigan. I agree with you completely. I think you could look at that Michigan defense and you could argue they have the best at their position group. D-line, you could make an argument. They're the best D-line. Well, yeah. man, that was a little tough. We got Clemson. But linebackers, super athletic. I know they might not be NFL guys. They're going to fly all over the field. They are very fast and athletic. And I think they probably do have the best secondary unit in the whole nation. Yeah. yeah. I think Notre Dame is going to struggle to score points at all, especially with I don't like Wimbush at quarterback. They lose two great offensive linemen. It's going to be a shit show for Notre Dame. So you're picking Michigan as well. Good. Definitely. Good. This is an anti-Notre Dame podcast. It's turning that way. <laughs> I'll tell you what it's not anti, and that's Texas. Next game for me, Texas at Maryland. Maryland has so much shit going on, like almost oh. more than Ohio State has going on. So Texas comes in as an 11-point favorite, and I think they win by more than that. I think Texas is going to come out ready to go. It seems like this team is buying into what Urban or, to what Tom Herman is selling. Like they're going to be better this year than what we saw in years past. And I think they beat Maryland fairly easily. The biggest question for me is Cam Tom Herman stay out of the strip club long enough. <laughs> I mean, I hope so. I don't know. Mac was in town talking oh, to him. I don't know if they God. went. I don't know if that's a good sign or a bad sign. If they have to such bring a, in Mac Brown to talk to you. Such a non-story. I'm with you. And I'm biased. I think Texas wipes the floor with Maryland, who, yeah, they have their own scandal going right now. Durkin is not even coaching. And I just don't think this is a very good Maryland team. Last year, they had DJ Moore. They had some good pass rushers. They, this was a, a more complete team. I think this year, like you said, this Texas team is is rowdy. They're going to be a, they're going to be good. They, they might not have the big names, but I think they'll be a good football team. I, last year, I think they bought into their hype early. It was like, okay, this is Maryland. We're going to roll over At them. Austin. We're going to mm-hmm. kick ass. We're already established. We're juniors. Whoops. This is the turnaround year. Well, it wasn't. Yeah. I think they can get themselves on the right track here. I even think that they're going to start to establish their depth chart. They've got some young running backs that need to win that job, and I think by the end of Saturday night, they will have a dominant running back out of this group. Trey Watson, that's my pick. That's what I think it'll be. Number one game of the week for me, it's a six at nine. Nice. Washington at Auburn. Washington is a scary team. I talked about them. They're number four uh, on my top 25. I love this offense. It's smart, senior-laden team, great offensive line. And then defensively, they're still going to get after you with a very good secondary. Jarrett Stidham against that secondary is going to have NFL scouts Drooling. Oh, they're going to flock yes. to Auburn. You also have Trey Adams, Auburn left tackle. or No, no, Trey Adams, the Washington left tackle against a very good Auburn defensive line. So there's going to be uh, there's going to be 25 scouts at this game. And Stidham against Taylor Rapp and Byron Murphy is the number one reason they're going to be there. This game being at Auburn made it very, very tough for me to pick. The line is two and a half. So even Vegas sees this as like, man, this is a very close game. I'm going to take the Huskies. I think they are probably the most underrated number six team that I can ever remember. This They should be a playoff team. They should win the Pac-12. And I think we're going to be talking about Chris Peterson is why is this guy not coaching in the NFL after this year? I really like Washington, but I almost think that Auburn wins this game and then Washington doesn't lose again. I, I could also see that. So I mean, this is definitely probably the top game to watch. 
this week with just so much NFL talent. But I don't know. It's almost a push for me. I would probably go Auburn, and then Washington runs the table on the rest of their schedule. And that last game for me, FAU at Oklahoma. And I know that everybody's probably <laughs> thinking like, oh, okay, upset. There's like nothing more I would want to see on Saturday than FAU just take it to Oklahoma and just destroy them. But I don't think it's going to happen. I think Oklahoma wins this game, but I don't think it's a blowout. They are like a 24-point favorite. I think it's going to be close because that defense cannot stop anyone. They are a big 12 defense going against one of the best running backs in the nation. Dude had 30-some touchdowns last year. Lane Kiffin will have them ready to go. I just don't think they can beat Oklahoma. I want nothing more in this whole world than for FAU to beat Oklahoma. I want Kyler Murray to be exposed as the overhyped shortstop that he is. Yeah, I definitely hope that I'm wrong. I think it's going to be a shootout, like 42 to 47. I think so as well. Crazy. I'm just going to call my shot, and I want you all to tweet the hell out of me if I'm wrong about this and tell me I'm a homer and I don't know anything about football. I'm picking FAU in the upset of the entire weekend. I want to see Lane Kiffin just motherfucking across the field at Lincoln God, Riley. That would be so good. Yeah, I want to see it so bad. I think FAU has enough offensive firepower to outscore Oklahoma. Like you said, if that's what it comes down to, Lane Kiffin, I, I think about him what you will. He's not maybe the most moral human being in the world. Maybe don't let him around any coach's daughters. He can coach some offense. I think they can do it. This is an unproven Oklahoma team. And he has the talent. Like you said, they have two pretty damn good quarterbacks for FAU. I think Johnson gets the start. He's athletic. Get him running the option with these guys. Lane Kiffin will put them in a position to score points. Devin Singletary, junior running back. This could be his Heisman moment. I know like FAU guy winning a Heisman is maybe a huge stretch, but this could be his moment because he is going to go off. Like you said, with DeAndre Johnson at quarterback, they have a lot of speed in the backfield. I would honestly not be surprised if he put up 250 yards against Oklahoma. We have made it through the picks, through the previews, through our top 25, through all the around the league news. And it's time for draft on draft. I just opened a beer, so I can't crack one. Just pretend I, I too. There we go. But I do have a half full Natty Light that I will drink while I answer your questions. Uh, Melo, how can the people send in their draft on draft questions? We have so many different formats for you to do it, really. Like, if you can't figure it out, DM me. We'll get this. Because that's one way that you can do it. Send me a DM on Twitter. Tweet us at Stick to Football. We have an Instagram account. You can message us there. Comment on our pictures and the videos that our intern is putting up because they're phenomenal. We also have a subreddit where you can leave your draft on draft questions. Endless opportunities. Comment on one of Matt's Snapchats that he puts out there. <laughs> Anywhere you want, leave us a draft on draft. Question. I said on the show Wednesday, I was like, I have a Snapchat. You guys could probably guess. And I got like 45 people added me on Snapchat. Yeah, so. it's... I'm guessing the same username for everything. And just like my direct TV and everything else that you guys all steal. It's the same <laughs> username and password for everything. So uh, first question from our buddy Sylvester Valderrama. He asked this question on the midweek show and Connor and I answered it. <laughs> Mello's yawning. Oh, Papa Bear has to teach, <laughs> coach, and then come to a podcast. He is it's struggle face. August, here. September, and October. It's a long month for me. And he hasn't eaten, which is exactly. not great. Yeah. Not great. I am glad that like you guys answered this question, but you also deferred it to me because there are like some just crazy things from our childhood. Now, Matt, you once tried to kill me with a boot knife. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that or not. And I am not. I'm not lying or joking here. He threw, he was in the backyard being a total weirdo, throwing a knife into a board that we had. Why would you, you have to practice those skills or they go away. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, when you're like eight years old. And then I mouthed off, probably making fun of you, and you threw the knife at me. Thankfully, the like four inch long blade that it had missed and the handle end hit me right in the shoulder, like the left shoulder, probably six inches away from my fucking heart. It left a huge bruise, but yes, you once tried to kill me. Uh, yeah, I do remember it because I remember it leaving my hand and having an oh shit moment of like, <laughs> I'm going to have to tell mom, <laughs> like, oh, oh man, Not please the face. Not make the one face. more turn, one more turn. Um, I, this is so hard for me to think of something that's not going to get 
us in any kind of trouble for like something that people probably don't know about you. So I'll just say this, and I, Whiskey will edit it if you don't like this one. Of the two of us, you're the only one with an arrest record. Oh, yeah. I, that's not too bad. I mean, I <laughs> maybe had like a traffic accident and I'm a little dyslexic. So I thought I had until February 21st to pay the fine. Whoops, Daisy. I had till <laughs> February twelfth to pay the fine. Uh, that's that's all right. Shit sure. happens. What are you gonna do? Also, I have bailed one of our co-hosts out of jail. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you yeah. go. So this was like fourteen years ago, though. Oh, I was yeah, I was eighteen. Okay, so yeah. I mean, it was a very long time ago. You also used to make me fight neighborhood kids. This is very true. Yeah, I would just be like, I got the nickname Mellow for being very laid back and not causing any problems with people. And then since our parents didn't let us run the air conditioning until like fucking July, I would be sitting in my room, probably just like playing some old school PlayStation. And I would always hear, oh, yeah, my little brother could kick your ass. You mouthing off to other kids your age. And I'd be like, oh, shit, I got to go out there again and fight these kids. I don't know if I ever won or lost or whatever. I just always remember hearing that phrase. Oh, yeah, you think you're tough. My little brother could kick your ass. So for your amusement, I used to have to fight neighborhood kids. And people wonder why I'm trying to set fights up in our alley. Yeah, I've been, been doing, this doing it for 20 years. So that's what you don't know uh, about Mellow this week. That's good. Uh, next question from Vinny Viana. That can't be a real name. Here's the question. This, this one threw me off. Listen to the wording. With Swift and Taylor. <laughs> so I kind of glance at these questions, guys, just to be honest. I start trying to think about the answer while I read the question. And I'm thinking this is a Taylor Swift question. So it's been not. Awesome. It's, send those in, though. So with Swift and Taylor set to dominate most of their opponents on the ground throughout the near future, who might be running back one down the line? Jonathan Taylor or DeAndre Swift? I honestly am leaning towards Swift. I would, too. He looks like more of the NFL prospect. I think Jonathan Taylor, if he stays for four years at Wisconsin, he might break Ron Dane's rushing yeah. record. But I haven't seen him catch the ball much. I haven't seen him be very elusive yet. So we'll see. Right, If I had to make a pick right now, I would guess that it's going to be Swift. But I don't think you can lose. I think they'll both be very successful. I agree. I think Swift is more... He his build and everything. He he reminds me of like oh yeah that's an NFL running back like that he just cut like one and mm-hmm. and with Taylor there's gonna be the questions right now justifiably so about the offensive line like, yeah are, are they doing is all it the him work? or them which was the case for Melvin Gordon it was the case for Corey Clement like yep. if you play running back at Wisconsin we're gonna ask that question all right Anthony Mongaluso asked on Reddit which is another great way to send your questions in who are some undrafted players that will make rosters and make a difference this season. I mean, the obvious one for me is Puna Ford. I absolutely love him. I would have stood on a table and shouted for him to be drafted, but he wasn't for what for being 5'11". Whoop yep. he do But he is looking very good already in the preseason for Seattle. I think he's going to make the roster, and I think he's going to see a lot of snaps early on. Yeah. So mine is actually a guy the Chiefs traded for as we're sitting here Thursday night. They traded for Cowboys corner uh, Traverius Ward, who was an undrafted kid out of Middle Tennessee State. So he goes undrafted this year, gets signed by the Cowboys, looks very, very good in the preseason, and they, he actually gets traded for. Uh, I had a text tonight. I, this will be probably confirmed by the time you guys hear this on Friday morning. Uh, it sounds like it was an offensive lineman going back to Dallas, a depth player with with Travis Frederick being out. So, I mean, that that's a dude that's going to make an impact. Uh, if I can also be a little bit more of a homer, Holton Hill with the Vikings. Oh, yeah, I forget. He went undrafted. Yep. Those two Texas boys, they had the talent. Yep. Uh, one for off-field reasons didn't get drafted. One for height reasons didn't get drafted. You never know what it's going to be that keeps you from getting drafted. So we talked about this at the beginning of the show. Richard Royal, he did this on Reddit? Loyal listener. Is that right? He did it all over the place. Okay. I think there were multiple platforms. He hit every platform, basically. I probably have a Snapchat from Richard Royal being like, hey, here's this week's draft on draft. So he sent in, I mean, it probably was 10 questions. Uh, And we picked the ones that we could answer. We got six of them out of the 10. So let's just go rapid fire on the Richard Royal show here. He wants to know, Mello, who are some sleepers for college football this season? I mean, and I think there are a lot of them. We already talked about DeAndre Swift. I think he's kind of a sleeper just because he was the number three running back last year. 
And yeah, those two other guys were drafted very high for running backs. So I think he's kind of a sleeper that you could talk about. Another guy that went in the draft, Saquon Barkley. His backup, Miles Sanders, did not get very many touches last year. I think he could come on and have a very successful year. And then also sticking with running back, Cam Martin at Auburn. They have to replace a running back, and they do it every year. Yeah, so I want to go team on this since you went player. Uh, I've I've said it before. I actually said it on radio this morning. I got asked a very similar question. I said, I think Boston College not being ranked in the 25 is a joke. Like this team should be top 25. And then I want to do one draft prospect who's under the radar that you guys should be watching. And that's Jake Bentley, the quarterback from South Carolina. Mm. That dude is smooth. And with Debo Samuel back, I think he has a chance to, in a wide open quarterback class, really play himself into maybe quarterback one conversation at least. And he's an interesting guy because he left high school a year early. Not, I'm going to leave a semester early. Yeah. He left a year early, went from being a junior in high school to a freshman at South Carolina and has played very well. So I think you're right. He could make a huge jump this year because he's still so young. He could definitely be a sleeper. Yep. All right. Here's a fun question. Has there been a better front seven on defense in the past 20 years than Clemson this year? Yes. Okay. Yes, there has. And I went into it. I'm going to give you one that's not very obvious, but USC in 2007. They had Brian Cushing at linebacker, Ray Magaluga, Keith Rivers, and Clay Matthews, all four of those guys at linebacker. They also had guys like Cedric Ellis on the defensive very line. Very good player. And just some solid guys in there that played. That was a great group. But you just look at those linebackers like, I'm pretty sure each one of them made a Pro Bowl. Yeah, I think you can look at those early 2000s Miami teams, too, where it was just like they went too deep. Uh, I actually think maybe even North Carolina State last year's defensive line was as good as Clemson's. Not as hyped because they weren't big star recruits. but Yeah, but if they were all coming back this year, we would be talking about them as well. Yeah, I had the 2001 Miami team. So you talk about their front seven. They had DJ Williams and Jonathan Vilma at linebacker. Jesus Christ. They're two two of the most aggressive linebackers I've ever seen play college football. And then on the defensive line, you might not know their names, but Jerome McDougal and William Joseph were first round picks in the NFL. And on the interior, they had a little guy by the name of Vince Wilfork. Pretty good. Did some things (laughs) during college and the NFL. He was also a first round pick. So there's three guys so far. And then Jamal green also went in the fourth round. Yeah. So very talented like you said, they went too deep. You talk about their front seven. They also had Sean Taylor back there, Antrell Roll. Do you remember Penn, when Penn State had Courtney Brown and LeVar Arrington? Yeah, and they went one and two in the draft. Yeah, so there's been some shit. Yeah, We've seen some players. It's unique, but it's not anything we haven't seen before. Right, yeah. I think it's, it is getting a lot of hype because of recruiting is such a bigger deal now. And Clemson's a very good team. And these guys all got on the field so early. So we are seeing them for three years each. Yep. Next question from our buddy Richard Royal. Could you explain a little about colleges recruiting athletes in quotes? Right. I don't think it's like, oh, this guy. It's just a let's get him a camp and see where he fits. You probably have an idea of he's going to play corner for us, but he might play receiver somewhere else. Like you were saying with Dylan Moses, his was by choice, but you know, okay, this guy might be a running back some places. Miles Jack was that way. He was probably thought of as an athlete because he played running back or a linebacker. So it's it's more so that from a general perspective, they're an athlete. Individual teams know where they're going to play these guys. Exactly. They're recruiting them to a specific position. They probably just want to get them in camp and see what it's going to be. So sometimes these guys come in and they're like 5'8 to 5'10. Are they going to be a scat back or a slot receiver? So you're going to figure that out. This corners, he's a little bit big. Is he going to be able to move with his hips, or are we going to move him to safety? And you also, you just don't know how these high school kids are going to grow. What are they going to do? What are they going to become? A thumper at safety might get kicked down inside to linebacker. So you just tag them as an athlete because you don't know what they're going to be. Right. It's not a bad thing. I, I think you can I really like the flexibility of recruiting mm-hmm. athletes, but... Uh, it, I mean, it does come with maybe it's kind of like saying tweener in the NFL. This yeah, guy might be. I mean, Texas has some guys coming in this year that were labeled athletes who uh, I think will get some early reps in that secondary. Yeah. Uh, next one. I know no one has sold on Kyler Murray, but what type of season would he have to have to cancel out his baseball contract? I mean, none. He's getting paid either way. He would have to have a better year than what we saw Lamar Jackson do as a Heisman winner. 
Yeah. And I just, I don't think it will happen. And I don't know if we'll ever see that special of a year. He's also, I mean, I bet he's a legit 5'8". I know. That's what I There's no way he's bigger than 5'10". So to cancel out his baseball career, which was millions of dollars. I know. I I don't understand why he's risking baseball to play football. He's not going to. Yeah. He's not going to play in the NFL as a quarterback. I just can't see it happening. No, I, I agree with you. Yeah, too. I mean, go play center field for the Royals or something. Like, go go somewhere. Who drafted him? With the, the Oakland A's. Oakland A's. So go he, play for the A's. Yeah, he's going to be a middle infielder. Why waste your time? Like, get to the minor leagues and try to come up in that system. He's listed at 5'11", 190. No way. Yeah, I don't see it. No way. Are we seeing them live? This? No, we're not. So there you go. I guess we'll have to wait till next year. And I don't like he's getting paid to play baseball, whether he ever plays or not. Right? I mean, it's yeah, just, he signed the contract. He kind of signed the contract. He gets the money. So there's no canceling it out. He just got paid a hell of a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, I guess he maybe could just nullify it or whatever. I don't know how that works and go to the NFL, but we won't see it happen. Yeah, there's no way. Five million dollar contract, and he can play one year football. Is what I'm reading right now. Yeah, yeah, that's the way I understood it as well. That's stupid. All right, next question: Is the Virginia Tech Inner Sandman the best night feature in college football? Yeah, we actually talked about this last week. Yeah, I think it is. I think it is too. And I think the only thing, like, I don't know what they do at Baton Rouge. I don't know what like their thing is, but it's tough to play there at night, right? But I don't think they have a thing like the Inner Sandman. Or Clemson with the bus and the rock and all that stuff. I think it's Inner Sandman. When they do like a blackout at Blacksburg and uh-huh. you get all those like ROTC kids and they're playing Inner Sandman. Like- and the stadium like is literally rocking because the fans are so rowdy. Yeah. I want to go to a game there. That would be awesome. It would be hard to get to. They, do they play Welcome to the Jungle at Baton Rouge? They should. They should have. They the do fucking awesome. I'm like seeing it in my head. Like, <laughs> we're going to be there in October. We'll find out. If you guys don't do it already. Yeah. We'll revisit this yes. question once we've seen what they do at we LSU. Will. Yeah. I can't wait for that. That's going to be a hell of a game. Last question from Richard Royal. I can't believe or I can't bring myself to draft Robert Woods in fantasy. Do you have any players you irrationally won't draft? So this is a great question. We just had our fantasy draft Sunday night. And in our league, there's a lot of people that really know football. And so we're sitting around, we're waiting for quarterbacks, right? No one's taking a quarterback early. We're waiting, we're waiting. And my pick comes up, and I lean over to our buddy, Mitch. And I was like, I know that Russell Wilson is the top player on the board. I cannot draft him. And then I was like, I know Cam Newton is the second best player on the board. I can't draft him. I can't do it. I just want them to be gone by the time I pick. And they weren't. So I just I picked someone else. It's like fuck it, I'm not drafting these guys. I'm with you on actually both of those guys. I don't like them. Like I didn't I want why. Russell Wilson on my team. Honestly, I don't even know if I would want him on like my NFL team. If I could choose to start a franchise with him or just like wait and draft somebody else, I would probably just wait and draft someone else. Yeah, that's what I did. Who was your quarterback? Who'd you get? I got Jared Goff and Carson Wentz. Shit, that's right. <laughs> I got Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, have fun with that. Oh, not surprised. I also I was. Back when Oklahoma used to put guys into the NFL and they were good, I had a thing about not drafting NFL guys. So even Adrian Peterson, when he was really good, I never drafted them. Really? I have a true hatred. It's not even biased. I know we call it biased. I hate the University of Oklahoma. Huh. And notice I said University of Oklahoma. Not OU. That's what their fucking name is, not OU. It's not Oklahoma Do you have a thing against the University of Kansas then? Because they're KU. Yeah, that's also stupid, but... What they're irrelevant until yeah. basketball season. Yeah. What Baker say? <laughs> Call me a basketball season or something. Yeah, something like that. Uh, We're making that jerk off motion. Right. That's the only time I thought an OU player was funny. Yeah. When he's grabbing his crotch, yelling across the field, "Fuck you! <laughs> Come back at basketball season." Ah. <sighs> well, we will be back uh, very, very soon. We'll be back Wednesday morning, Connor and myself. But good news. Starting September 10th, I believe it is. I'm not looking at the calendar. I just winged it. Wung it. A <laughs> what? How would you say winged that? It. I winged it. We will be doing three shows a week. So Monday morning, September 10th, you'll get a show uh, from the three of us. And then Wednesday morning, it'll be me and Connor. And then Friday morning, it'll be me and Mello. And that Friday morning, September 14th, we're going to be on our way to Austin for the USC-Texas game. That's I can't wait. Quick. I know Mello can't wait. Mackenzie Milton's going off tonight while we're recording this game. Uh, one one thing before we go, what are you most excited about this weekend? Is it Because college football is like, oh, it's college football is back. 
What thing are you looking forward to the most other than spending all weekend with me? It's just all the games at one time that are meaningful football games. Because in week one, your whole college football season can be ruined. Yeah. So we talk about Auburn, Washington. They can set themselves up for a national championship game, and it happens this weekend. It's not the NFL where you can lose six games and then make your run. If you lose one to two games, you are probably out of the playoff, and you just won't be in you don't have a chance so i love that part of college football that these games are so important so early on in the year i'm looking forward to game day snacks and day drinking but also football (laughs) but that's kind of my priorities (laughs) i'm also excited about those but just to watch football and college football so much better because there's not as much parity we're gonna have blowouts we're gonna have these gimmicky offenses and players that are out there running a 4-3 that are 160 pounds All right, you can't beat that. That's our show. We'll talk to you guys Wednesday morning. Enjoy the first weekend of college football.